day and welcome to Holding Fast. Thanks for being in the podcast today. How is your anchor holding? Is it gripped firmly to the solid, unchanging rock of the Word of God? Uh, It's good to have you today in the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and hopefully this will be a blessing to you today. I'm actually ending this podcast week with this podcast. Uh, I know not everybody listens to these chronologically, and sometimes you jump in in the middle of a series or... Maybe you have been going back and binging these when you do have an opportunity, uh, or maybe you're just coming in now. But for those of you that are just tuning into this podcast, you may want to go back a few because I have been uh, gradually working my way through uh, the study of Baptist distinctives, what it is that sets apart a denomination called Baptist And by the way, there are a myriad of denominations that have Baptist in their name. They come in all shapes and forms. They come in all philosophies and leanings. And so you have to be very careful because just uh, just because a name contains the word Baptist does not mean that they're going to hold to all these distinctives uh, as tenaciously as perhaps many Bible-believing churches would. So just bear that in mind. Uh, just uh, I don't want people to be under any delusion that everybody who calls themselves Baptist, most people know this, but that they would be right where they need to be aligned with the Scripture. But having said all that, we do I do want to identify historically what Baptists have believed. We've been taking uh, the acronym, really, of of uh, of the word Baptist, an acrostic, excuse me, and we've been using each letter to identify a distinctive that is true historically about Baptists, Bible-believing Baptist people. Uh, so these teaching are teachings probably could be better called the biblical distinctives of a Baptist, since all of these distinctions do come from the scriptures themselves. So we have been looking at a number of them so far. I'm going to finish off with the last two right now. But just to remind ourselves, the first letter in the word Baptist being a B stands for biblical authority, that it is the final authority in all matters of faith and practice, what we believe and what we do, that the Bible is the sole authority. We do not have multiple sources of truth. Uh, We have uh, uh, the scriptures alone are, are dict, uh, dictate what we believe and what we do. Secondly, the letter A uh, stands for the autonomy of the local church, that Baptists have always fiercely defended the independence of a church, uh, that the local group of believers in that church are the ones who have the sole discretion, uh, along with the Word of God, to to uh, direct their steps and the, uh, the, the, uh, the health of the body of Christ in that particular church. The letter P stands for the priesthood of the believer, that every every blood-bought child of God, every genuine, authentic Christian has the ability to access the presence of God through Jesus Christ without any human intermediator. Uh, We uh, have, uh, that has been a teaching that has been very strong in the Baptist movement, and uh, we would hold to that even today. No other mediator is needed. The letter T next stands for two ordinances that a Baptist church typically will believe that there are only two uh, ordinances or pictures of the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. Number one would include baptism, and number two would include the Lord's table or communion service itself. 
then we move on to the letter I. The letter I stands for individual soul liberty. In other words, you as an individual believer in Christ has the responsibility and liberty to choose what you believe the Bible teaches you uh, in, the, in, well, in the context of the, the scripture itself, that no one is forced to conform to any kind of, of, uh, of, of creedal statement or anything of that nature uh, apart from their own conscience. The letter S stands for a saved, baptized church membership. That the person who belongs to the to that local assembly of Baptist people ought to be somebody who is genuinely converted, who is actually saved. Uh, those are the ones that belong to the church. We know that in the visible church, you walk into a church sometimes and you don't know who's saved or not saved there. But for those who do have membership in that church, it needs to be required that they have an ongoing saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, that brings me to the last two uh, distinctives that I want to highlight from the word Baptist. And we arrived at, we have arrived at the letter T. This particular T, I would say, would represent the two offices in the church. Uh, the Bible mandates that there's only two offices in the church, pastor and deacon. Those are the only two. Uh, people have asked me, well, what about the term elder or what about the uh, term bishop or presbyter or something of that nature? Well, when you look in Acts chapter 20, and you can take the opportunity to do this, the Bible actually defines what that is all about. There are three terms, pastor, elder, and bishop. Uh, the word bishop actually is the Greek word for overseer. They all refer to the same office. A bishop is not somebody who's in charge of a larger contingent of churches, but rather a bishop is another name for a pastor. The word pastor means one who shepherds or one who feeds the flock. Uh, the, the word pastor, the word elder, a reference, of course, to the one who is responsible, has authority, and bishop, the one who oversees the people and the flock. They all refer in the scriptures in the New Testament to the exact same office. And so these two offices of pastor and deacon exist within a local church, uh, and they're not a hierarchy or a ruling body as such. And certainly, the deacons are never called a deacon board or a ruling authority. They are assistants and servants to the church people it, uh, themselves. Uh, but the, the, uh, those, those two offices are given for the edification of God's people, for the training and equipping for, of them for the work of God. Uh, so that's very important for us to understand. Those are the only two offices in the church. And then last of all, I've added another S to pluralize Baptists. Uh, it stands for separation of church and state. We know that the Bible teaches that uh, God has established both the church and the civil government. And he gave each its own distinct sphere of operation. The government's purposes are outlined, if you want to read about it, in Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. And the church's purposes are in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20. It was the Lord, our Lord's last command. And so it becomes the first concern of the church to go into the world and to make disciples. 
the church and the state, neither one should control the other. That's why uh, traditionally, in America anyway, uh, the government does not interfere in churches and the churches do not interfere in government. Now, what I mean by that is uh, there should not be an alliance between the two. Christians in a free society can certainly live out their faith and influence government towards righteousness and encourage the rulers to uh, to rule in righteousness. But that's not the same as a denomination or a group of churches controlling the government. This is very important. Uh, neither is the government to establish one particular religion over another. There should not be a mix-up there. And so Baptists have traditionally believed in the separation of church and state. Why is this all important? Why have I taken several podcasts to talk about the distinctives of Baptists? Well, uh, the, the thing that sets apart Baptists from others are important. They are not just simply minor things. Because your distinctive beliefs will set it apart from all others, whatever denomination you're in. And Baptists hold to some convictions that make them different from all those other groups. Uh, There are all kinds of different fellowship of fundamental Baptists or evangelical Baptists or all kinds of different ones. And that fellowship really is where you have a framework for dealing with contemporary society and the issues that you face. So when you're shopping for a church, it really does matter where you come down on these particular biblical distinctives and doctrines. And uh, this will help you to make a right choice when looking at finding, uh, being involved in a Bible-believing church that's going to be Uh, that's going to handle the Word of God and be honoring to the Lord in a way that pleases Him. Well, God bless you as you seek to serve Him. If you're not a part of a good Bible-believing congregation, I want to challenge you right now. You need to quit sinning. Uh, You need to assemble yourself together with people. Uh, Watching TV and saying you go to church is not the same thing. You're just a spectator. God calls you to get involved in the game. He wants you to be a part of a local group of believers so that you can practice all those one another's that he tells you to in the scriptures. So let me challenge you right now. Look for a godly place to go and serve the Lord. Remember, churches are not perfect. They can be messy. But if it's not a messy church, it's probably not a Bible preaching church. So I want to challenge you to get in there and serve the Lord. God bless you. Walk with Christ. We'll see you in the next podcast. And we're going to resume talking about some of the passages that we're reading on our journey through the Bible this year. God bless you.